Letter twenty eight of Clarissa Harlowe, Volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Clarissa Harlowe, Volume three by Samuel Richardson. Letter twenty eight. Miss Clarissa Harlowe to Miss Howe saturday afternoon i detain your messenger while i write an answer to yours the poor old man not being very well you dishearten me a good deal about mr lovelace i may be too willing from my sad circumstances to think the best of him if his pretences to reformation are but pretences what must be his intent but can the heart of a man be so very vile can he dare he mock the almighty but i may not from one very sad reflection think better of him that i am thrown too much into his power to make it necessary for him except he were to intend the very utmost villainy by me to be such a shocking hypocrite he must at least be in earnest at the time he gives the better hopes surely he must you yourself must join with me in this hope or you could not wish me to be so dreadfully yoked but after all i had rather much rather be independent of him and of his family although i have an high opinion of them at least till i see what my own may be brought to otherwise i think it were best for me at once to cast myself into lady betty's protection all would then be conducted with decency and perhaps many mortifications would be spared me but then i must be his at all adventures and be thought to defy my own family and shall i not first see the issue of one application and yet i cannot make this till i am settled somewhere and at a distance from him mrs sorling showed me a letter this morning which she had received from her sister greem last night in which mrs greem hoping i would forgive her forward zeal if her sister thinks fit to show her letter to me wishes and that for all the noble family's sake and she hopes she may say for my own that i will be pleased to yield to make his honour as she calls him happy she grounds her officiousness as she calls it upon what he was so condescending her word also to say to her yesterday in his way to windsor on her presuming to ask if she might soon give him joy that no man ever loved a woman as he loves me that no woman ever so well deserved to be beloved that he loves me with such a purity as he had never believed himself capable of or that a mortal creature could have inspired him with looking upon me as all soul as an angel sent down to save his and a great deal more of this sort 
but that he apprehends my consent to make him happy is at a greater distance than he wishes and complained of two severe restrictions i had laid upon him before i honoured him with my confidence which restrictions must be as sacred to him as if they were parts of the marriage contract etc what my dear shall i say to this how shall i take it mrs cream is a good woman mrs sorlings is a good woman and this letter agrees with a conversation between mr lovelace and me which i thought and still think so agreeable yet what means the man by foregoing the opportunities he has had to declare himself what mean his complaints of my restrictions to mrs Greme? he is not a bashful man but you say i inspire people with an awe of me an awe my dear as how i am quite petulant fretful and peevish with myself at times to find that i am bound to see the workings of the subtle or this giddy spirit which shall i call it how am i punished as i frequently think for my vanity in hoping to be an example to young persons of my sex let me be but a warning and i will now be contented for be my destiny what it may i shall never be able to hold up my head again among my best friends and worthiest companions it is one of the cruelest circumstances that attends the faults of the inconsiderate that she makes all who love her unhappy and gives joy only to her enemies and to the enemies of her family what an useful lesson would this afford were it properly inculcated at the time that the tempted mind was balancing upon a doubtful adventure you know not my dear the worth of a virtuous man and noble-minded as you are in most particulars you partake of the common weakness of human nature in being apt to slight what is in your own power you would not think of using mr lovelace were he your suitor as you do the much worthier mr hickman would you you know who says in my mother's case much will bear much shall bear all the world through mr hickman i fancy would be glad to know the lady's name who made such an observation he would think it hardly possible but such a one should benefit by her own remark and would be apt to wish his miss howe acquainted with her gentleness of heart surely is not despicable in a man why if it be is the highest distinction a man can arrive at that of a gentleman a distinction which a prince may not deserve for manners more than birth fortune or title are requisite in this character manners are indeed the essence of it and shall it be generally said and miss howe not be an exception to it as you once wrote 
that our sex are best dealt with by boisterous and unruly spirits forgive me my dear and love me as you used to do for although my fortunes are changed my heart is not nor ever will while it bids my pen tell you that it must cease to bear when it is not as much yours as your clarissa harlowe end of letter twenty eight